This episode is brought to you by Netflix. Hold your carriage horses and tighten those corsets. Bridgerton is back. Longtime friends Colin Bridgerton and Penelope Featherington find themselves in quite the precarious situation. The wallflower is ready to bloom, but she needs Colin's help to find a marriage match. Has Penelope truly pushed aside her feelings for Colin? Will Colin realize his feelings before another suitor takes Penelope's hand? And will Penelope's secret identity as famed gossip writer Lady Whistledown destroy any chance she may have at love? This gentle reader can't wait to find out. Watch part one of Bridgerton, only on Netflix May 16th. A quick note before we get into the episode, Oversharing is a podcast for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical or psychological advice. Always seek the advice of your physician or mental health professional. Hello and welcome back to Oversharing. I'm Jordana Abraham. And I'm Dr. Naomi Bernstein. So great to be back this morning with you. I hear you had a... Spelling bee of a time this morning. (laughs) I had a drama this morning with the spelling bee. So Maddie was, you know, she made it to the school, elementary school spelling bee. And she just got stage fright. She basically was like, I don't want to do it because they Mm -hmm. stream it through the, it's not, not everyone in the whole school is in the room, but they stream it into all the classrooms in the room. Oh, wow. High pressure. Yeah. A little, a little bit of pressure. So she's all weekend. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Then finally she talks to a friend of hers who was also in it and she convinces her to do it. So I move back this recording. I change my schedule. I go to the school. I'm sitting there and she's not on the stage and everyone else is on the stage. But this morning when she, before she left for school, she, she was she like, gonna gonna, she said she was going to do it. She seemed like in a a much better headspace about it. Like not, she was like, if I get out, I get out, no big deal. So let me show up, and she's not on the stage. And so I'm looking at Jeff, and I'm like, I don't know. And then the principal comes over and says, we've had some students that have decided they don't want to participate, and we can't force them. So, so then I pull up my. You assume it's her. You just assume it's her. She was, she was standing kind of right in front of us when she made this general statement. Mm-hmm. And if your child's not on the stage, it's probably because okay. they decided not to participate. So that's when I pull out my phone. I text you. I'm like, all right, we can put our recording back at the regular time. Are you like pissed off at her? Yeah, a little bit? I'm a little annoyed. I'm a little annoyed yeah. because she knew we were coming. But I also get it because she was just like, I think she was trying so hard in her mind in the morning to be. I'm sure we've all been there. You're like trying to put on your positivity hat. So I think as she left this morning, she like had her positivity hat on. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm breathing. And then when they came in to actually take her, she probably had like, you know, over panic attack and was like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I think the streaming thing makes it much more high pressure. Like when I was doing this spelling bee in elementary school, it was like just your class. I don't even think they invited, like, I guess you had to get to a certain level to invite the parents and everyone there. But it's kind of like, oh, if I like, let's say I just spell the word wrong and it's like a really easy word. And yeah, like that's really her fear. Because I think yeah. they streamed it last year and there were like a kid or two that spelled a really easy word sure. wrong just because right. they probably got nervous or whatever it is. And everyone saw it and she's like, I know what I was thinking about you. And you're probably going to be thinking the same thing about me. Right. So I text you and I'm like, all right, we can do our recording at the regular time. She's not showing up. I text Sean. (laughs) (laughs) And then it was like a movie. She like walks in, scoots herself up the steps. I was like, oh my gosh, she showed up. And I texted you. She showed up. Yeah. 
So um, last minute, she shows up and she made it pretty far. She got out. She cried, but she got to leave the stage and like we were there and she cried a little bit. And then, Aww. yeah, okay. Well, I um, mean, unless you're first, everyone gets out. That's what I said. Unless you're first, everyone's gonna get out. And there were a lot of people, a lot of people that got out before her. So she saw that. That's like, you know, right. It's much more common to get out than not get out. Totally. What was the word that got her? Let's see if I can spell it. The word that got <laughs> her was inventory. Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah. You don't. You, you. You know. I mean, I. I think I can do it. Right. But um, she doesn't really know yeah. that word. She thought it was I N N. That was her mistake. Oh, really? Not the like. She didn't think it was like I N V I N, which right. is like what I would have thought. Not the like inventory. Right. Right. She which, put two that's a N's tough one. in. I think she was like overthinking it a little bit. I wonder but, if um, she'll ever spell that word wrong again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like tra- traumatic memories every time she sees the words in word inventory. That's a tough one, though. I think I might have gotten that one wrong until like a year ago or right. something. Yeah, I, you know, it's. I think it's hard when you you don't even know what the word means or you've never seen the word. Well, do they still um, have a thing where it's like use it? Can you use it in a sentence? Yes. So that's, that's why a- I. That's why I was texting you the whole time because every kid was like, the word would be like, apple, apple. <laughs> they'd be like, can you definition please? And they'd be like, a fruit that hangs from a tree. <laughs> so, <laughs> can you use it in a sentence? Timmy ate his apple. So that's what was taking this thing. So, because I think the kids stall, they just want a little time. Yeah, I would do that too. Yeah. So um, every kid was kind of stalling and asking for a definition and use it in a sentence. And I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, oh gosh, we got to get out of here. It's harder to say it, I think, to like spell the word out loud than if you were to write it. I feel like that would be easier. Well, she was so cute. That's what she was doing for one of the words. She got in the, be- like, towards the beginning, she got the word roughly. So yeah. she was like, that's one I would want a definition for. Cause I feel like you just want to make sure you're using the right, like, right. Is it roughly like there's a lot of right. ruffles, right. Or is it like roughly, roughly, like right. rough. Right. Yeah. So she was like, I saw her kind of like sketching it on her hand, like to see what it would look like written out kind of, that was her strategy. After the kids go, they should play like grown adults trying to spell these words because I bet that would make the kids feel a lot. Totally. I mean, there'd be a lot of them getting it wrong. There were hard ones toward like in the round that she, and it's also she, you know, all words are different. So she was, she got off the stage and she was like, he got squire, you know, because some kid in her, and it's like, all right, you get what you get. The hand you were dealt. That's the hand you were dealt. I've been watching the Squid Games reality show. It kind of reminds me of. Oh, wow. That. Yeah. <laughs> that show's intense. It? No, I haven't, but I know the concept. It's really weird. They have like a reality show based on it that's like based on the Squid Games, but the people are really intense about it, but they don't die, obviously. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the part that makes it crazy. Right. But they kind of like make it, they kind of like try to like make it seem like, like they have an ink pack in their chest or something that like kind of like explodes when they get out and they're supposed to like lie on the floor so they're kind of like trying to give you a vibe that they're dying oh my gosh society is just this is what we need to entertain us yeah i mean i'm entertained (laughs) at first i was like this is stupid i don't want to watch it and then i we watched a few episodes and you get like pretty i actually think you'd like it because it's kind of like the challenge okay you like the challenge yeah i like the challenge maybe i'll check it out i'm proud of maddie that she went in she did it 
you know, that's the lesson. And even for our listeners, like she had that moment, that back and forth where you're like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And then you try to talk yourself into it. And I'm curious when she gets home from school, I'm going to ask her what her process was. Like, how did she go from I'm not to like, okay, I can do this because that's the lesson is, you know, everything, the only way out is through. And I hope that she learned that, okay, you get out, you shed a tear you're okay. Move on. Move on. Yeah. Just like anything else. Take a chance. Yeah. And it makes you stronger. So I am very proud of her for doing it. Yeah. Spelling bees are weird. Like now in this day and age, you don't really need to know how to spell anything. So it's kind of is right. It's kind of obsolete. Yeah. 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 That's a very interesting point. I mean, I guess you, you should know how to spell like a few words just for time purposes. Right. So you don't have to use <laughs> autocorrect on every right. single like, word. Like if you're sending a text. Yeah, totally. No, it is a it's a good it's a good thing to know how to do. And and it's it's just a it's the grit thing. It's like learning something, right. practicing something, trying hard at something and doing it even when you don't feel like it or when it's frustrating. So all good yeah. stuff. That's interesting. There used to be probably so many more typos back in the day. Oh yeah. And like a typewriter. And then you had to like erase it, go back. Yeah erase the word you wouldn't even know that you spelled it wrong right. probably it's true i'm pr- again i'm proud of maddie i'll have to give her a call and tell her how proud i am oh yeah she would like that and inventory is not an embarrassing one she could have gotten no. way more embarrassing out totally I, say. I agree they were she made it pretty far where the words were getting a little more challenging so i'm proud of her this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I've been to therapy for many years, and I have to say, whenever I'm going through something really tough, therapy is the way out for me. It helps me like break down the issue, get to the heart of it, and figure out ways to cope with whatever is stressing me out. Nothing has transformed my life quite as much as my therapy experience. I can't recommend therapy enough, and BetterHelp is a great way into it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Overshare today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Overshare. Summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got the most beautiful silk skirt from Quince. I am so excited to wear it. It fits amazing. It is so well-priced for the high quality it is. It looks so expensive, but it's actually quite affordable. Quince has amazing items like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, so you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash oversharing for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. 
That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash oversharing to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash oversharing. Well, let's get into our episode. We have a voicemail. It's at 646-363-6294. Or you can email us oversharing at betches.com. I will read today's overshare. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Hi, Jordana and Dr. Naomi. This is my favorite podcast, and I look forward to listening to it every week. I'm having a problem with my mom and would love some advice. After six years of being unhappy in my old career, I recently switched to a new profession. I'm so much happier and still making good money despite taking a bit of a pay cut when I changed industries. The pay cut was not substantial, and we found ways to make up for it. I just paid off my car and no longer have a monthly payment. We moved into a cheaper apartment. And the best part, my husband got a new job that makes up for the difference in my salary. We've gone through every aspect of our finances to make sure I could afford to change jobs and everything works out great. My mom seems to be somewhat triggered by this switch and is constantly panicking about our finances because of the pay cut. Every time I see her, she makes a snide comment about how I'm choosing to spend my money now that I'm making less. Small things like, can't you just do your nails at home? Or oh, you went out to the expensive bar downtown. I'm getting really tired of the constant judgment as we can't seem to have a single conversation without it. I also can't help but think about the fact that when she was my age, she quit working to raise me. I'm very thankful she was able to stay home with me full time, but isn't it a bit hypocritical that she chose to lose her income entirely while judging me for taking a small cut? We're both just trying to do something we're passionate about. Her passion was having kids and mine is a new job. I used to share everything with my mom and now I find myself not telling her anything about my life out of fear she will criticize it. Anytime I try to have a conversation about how this affects me, she brushes it off saying that our generations are just different when it comes to spending money. What can I say to get her to recognize that I want to have a genuine conversation about this? I want her to understand that these comments are hurtful and hypocritical even if she sees them as innocent. I want to be able to talk about this so that we can move forward with the relationship we used to have. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for all you do. A money-making batch, unlike my mom when she was 30. <laughs> like some people. All right. <laughs> I think the big issue for her here is that, and I get this, she feels like the criticism is is affecting her relationship with her mother. Like she's cho- going to choose not to share things with her. These little comments that don't feel like a big deal to the mom are actually changing the climate of their relationship, which- right is the big issue. She's not saying anything about issues they've had before this. It really seems like it's just this particular thing, which is kind of rare. I feel like usually when someone says this kind of annoying thing, like they say annoying things a lot about other things. Right. Right. Like this is just coming out of nowhere. Yeah. So she makes it seem pretty isolated. So I wonder what it is about this particular topic that her mom feels so intensely about. Yeah, it is. I'm sure there's something there about because we're all sort of, you know, have narcissistic tendencies to some extent. So she's probably thinking about what she was doing at that age. And maybe it's more about a judgment of like, you're not saving to have children or you're not going to be prepared to have children or something about her expectation that she should, you know, live the same life that she did. Or, I mean, I think there could be so much here that we don't have enough background, but maybe she felt like she didn't have an income and that she felt insecure in not having her own income when she was young and feeling afraid for her daughter not being able to support herself or right. maybe there's a little bit of a feeling of like you know i think a lot of parents have like you know 
they feel their children's accomplishments maybe like vicariously through them. And maybe the mom was more invested in, I don't know what role she used to have or what role she currently has. Maybe the other role she felt was like something that gave the mom more pride or something. So maybe she was, maybe she's disappointed that she's maybe taking a role that's less vigorous because, you know, she felt like that was something she wanted for her. Like I could say, I see that a lot with like parents whose kids, you know, they're going to become doctors and then they go through it and they like decide once they see how much work it is and how annoying it is, they're kind of like, I'm going to do something else. And the parents have this vision of like, it kind of feels like it says something about them. Right. Yes. I see that you know? a lot where people do, you know, once you've kind of reached whatever goals you might have, a lot of that gets projected onto your kids for like what, goals are they going to reach? And it is, you know, some parents do see that as like a measure of their own worth is like, what type of child, how successful of a child did I raise? Right. And maybe she's making it about the money, but it's because it's kind of feels kind of icky to be like, yeah, I wanted you to have the better job because I liked saying that my daughter had this higher paying, better job. Totally. And that, that brings up, I think something that is really important, which is, you know, when you're, when you're a parent, it's sort of like, what do you really want for your child? If, if you, do you want them to be happy or do you want them to be, it's like the secure, have the security. And I think a lot of people prefer that their children be secure and also perhaps be doing something that you can brag to your friends about, or, you know, doing something that feels like it's a good look versus my kid is just happy. They have maybe a little bit less but they're happy. So this might've been triggering to her for that reason, like an identity image thing. We don't have the background Mm -hmm. of what the other job was or what this job is, but I think there's something to that. And I think she should share with her mother that like, I know that I've tried to talk to you about these comments and you don't seem to be taking it seriously, but it makes me not want to share things with you. And it's making me feel distant from you. So we need to talk about this in a real way. I'm happier now. And that should be what's most important to you. Right. I think the only time someone can comment on your spending is if they are paying for it. Yes. So it'd be like, unless you come to, unless I would, I can understand if she did that. She, you, she took this pay cut and then she's like, mom, can I borrow some money? Yes. I really like to get my nails done. Yes. Sure. I could see. Why don't you do that at home? Right. Or, you know, do you need to go to that bar? If she's not involving her in the finances in any other way, then I could, I think that's a boundary issue. Yes. It's a boundary issue. And you always say it's like a trust thing. It's like her mother doesn't trust her, this criticism or, you know, not involving yourself in someone else's life and their own decisions is like, I don't trust you to handle this yourself. So by her criticizing what bars she's going to or how often she's getting her nails done. She's saying like, I don't think you have your financial situation together. Um, and sounds like she does. She thinks she does. So that's a big factor. I totally agree. I think unless she's asking her for money, this is like an imaginary fear that the mother has. I imagine that you will not be okay down the road because of this. If I mean, yeah, I think that's the kindest explanation for it of the mother that she actually is scared that she's not going to have any money. Mm-hmm. For some reason, my mind goes to like alternate reasons why she's being annoying about this that don't really have to do with the money. Like jealousy. I think that if she, if yeah, if it's truly like she cares about 
her financial security. That's one thing, even though there's like she's given it seems like she's given her a lot of evidence to the contrary. Mm-hmm. Part of me thinks it's that part of me thinks it's like maybe the mom advised her not to take this job cut and she did it anyway. And she wants her to like she, pay the price. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I get like that's sort of like the worst version of this. I don't know yeah. her mom well enough to say, but for some reason I had some like devious thoughts about like why her mom would be doing this. Yeah, I think that that's definitely possible. So for the listener, here are the here are the evil reasons why <laughs> your mom might be doing this. One, <laughs> you didn't listen to her and she wants you to pay for it. Two, I think people don't like this, but it's a very real thing is parents that are jealous of their children. Um, yeah which is, it's a sad feeling. I mean, my children are little, I couldn't imagine feeling jealous of them, but I think that does happen. And I see that in my patients a lot. And I think it might be like, well, I'm not getting my nails done and I'm not going to an expensive bar and I would like to do those things, but I'm being responsible. So I'm not doing those types of things or I'm not spending money trying to save for this, that, or the other thing. Um, So there might be some jealousy. I guess there is the kinder reason of like, she's concerned for you. But whatever it is, if it's making you feel distant, I do think you have to kind of, and you've tried to bring it up, give the consequences of her continuing to me. And it could be any type of criticism. I think a lot of people struggle with their parents being critical of their choices and their decisions. And I think if they knew that it was making you, like I talk to a lot of patients that don't tell their parents anything about their dating life. Like, Mm-hmm. whether they they went on a first date or they went on a fourth date. Like they don't tell their parents unless they like have a significant other. Yeah. Well, it's because you don't, isn't that because they don't want to tell them if it doesn't work out? Yeah. And I think there's an aspect of like the parent then tries to figure out what's wrong with them, what they did wrong, why it's not right. working out. Well, maybe it's because you cut your hair or maybe it's because you, you know, you're too, outgoing or you're too shy or you're, you know, I think too much commentary. It opens (laughs) up a, a floodgate for comments on why this thing isn't working out or why this person didn't want to date you or you're too picky or why didn't Mm -hmm. you didn't like this person? What's wrong? You know? So I think that's part of it too, is like, you don't want to hear everyone's opinions about why a date did or didn't work out. So I think if parents knew, yes, if they knew that it's making your child not want to tell you things, they'd probably just hush up a little bit. Agreed. Yeah, I think that's a good, because you can't really, again, if she has some sort of complex that is making her say all these comments, that's not something you're going to fix. Only thing you can do is create your own boundaries around how close you're going to be with someone who's doing it. And then she, if that bothers her enough, she'll figure it out. Right. And look, I think as people start to individuate from their parents, have a significant other, get married, start their own life. It, there is, there are these moments where it creates like a shift in the parent child dynamic where I hope that you can talk to her and you guys can get back to feeling close again. But sometimes that's what happens is you do start to have to, you know, pick and choose what you share if you're getting too much commentary and maybe she's a little bored and projecting her ego onto you. That's the other option. Evil option is that like, she wants you to present an image for her. But if that's the case, like you said, you can't change it. I I hope this doesn't happen, but if it does, you may just have to accept kind of like the new normal, which is that she has too much invested in your, the outcome of your life that she's having a hard time just 
sitting back and, and watching your life unfold and being supportive. Worth a, worth a conversation and then a, a cutoff as well. <laughs> Spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up. Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and get ready for summer. I take their yoga classes at least twice a week. I also love their core classes. I love that I can take it anywhere I go. If I'm traveling, I can always do a class. You can filter the classes by ones that don't need any equipment. I'm looking to get healthy. I'm looking to like feel good. And Peloton just makes it so easy. Peloton accommodates your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, Peloton has classes for you giving you the flexibility you need to move your body. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. If you can't run, take a walking class. If you want to level up, go to their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Or try yoga if you just need to ground yourself. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out so you can jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day. Peloton has everything you need to get where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. All right, let's do a voicemail. We have a Betch Assist voicemail. Love these. Let's roll the tape. Hi, Jordana and Dr. Naomi. Thank you so much for everything you do. I'm the biggest fan of the podcast. I'm calling in with an oversharing slash trigger that has to do with my sister, who is eight years older than me. I don't know anyone else with a sister significantly different in age than me um, or than them, so I'm really hoping that you two will be able to help. For context, I grew up in a very dysfunctional household involving alcoholism, narcissism, and borderline personality disorder between both parents. Because of this, my sister, who is the oldest, often took on the parental role and feels as though she raised my brother and I. I've always looked up to her as a role model. It's been hard for us to ever act as just sisters because we were never really going through the same thing at the same time. Rather, she's always acted as more of a parental guidance. With all that in mind and knowing the lack of support I get from my parents, my sister has always, always been there for me. Except for this one time. Nine years ago, my sister's boyfriend, who is now her husband and father of their kids, gifted her a trip to Greece for Christmas. For some reason, because of ticket costs or tourist trends or something, they had to go on this trip the exact week of my high school graduation the following spring. I went to a somewhat prestigious boarding school that was not easy to get accepted into or graduate from. They were both fully aware of my graduation date when they finalized this trip. I talked to her about it multiple times over the phone, yet after every conversation, no matter how much I expressed how sad I would be without her there, she refused to consider another time. Unfortunately, also around this time, our cousin was going through a nasty divorce, which split our family up, and even my own aunts and grandparents had issues with coming to my graduation. So was not to support our side of the family, even though I personally did absolutely nothing. So my sister and her then-boyfriend went on their trip. I tried to talk about it with her sometime after, but every time she acted super offended and defensive as to why I was so hurt, and we never talked about it again. I honestly would be pretty embarrassed to bring it up to her today. I know this seems kind of stupid, and I should be over this by now, but it's been nine years, and it obviously still triggers me and still weighs heavily in my mind and heart. Maybe because I was required to always attend all of her and my brother's events, I thought the same thing would happen for my events by the time they happened. I try not to take the unequal attention of my parents um, that they pay to all three of their children personally, but it's hard not to feel hurt when your older sister just can't be bothered to attend her little sister's graduation. Have either of you gone through something similar with each other or another sibling? 
How do you not take something so personally? How do I get over this and stop feeling triggered? Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you both. Sincerely, high school never ends. Wow, nine-year resentment. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, she's uh, well. Look, I I think she came to the right place. I I kind of get the vibe of what's you know what's happening, or perhaps what was happening for her sister. Doesn't mean that they can't talk about it now. But she had the trifecta of alcoholism, borderline personality disorder, and there was one other thing in there. My hunch is the sister got to the point where she found a person that was like, I guess her fiance at the time and was probably really excited to kind of get an external outlet to escape from this family and the, you know, the role that she had to play, which was like a second mother to kids that were not hers, that were her siblings. And he bought her a trip to Greece and she was like, I'm doing me. I'm going to Greece this is my chance. I've been a parent. I've been a mother. I've been, had a lot of resp- more responsibility than what I want. And now what I want is to go to Greece with my boyfriend. And I think it was a little bit of a selfish move in some ways. They probably could have found another time to do it. But I think she also was just kind of like, this is what I feel like doing and I'm doing it. I mean, it's not her wedding. Right. I, yeah. I try to, I, I don't know. I think I might've gone to Greece too. Yeah, you would have gone. Like, you would have gone to Greece. I think I would have gone to Greece. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe it's because we have so many siblings too. I think there's a sense of, and it sucks. I mean, I guess for the you know, I understand where she's like, you don't feel like special. Like, no, it's not a priority for people that all the aunts and uncles aren't coming in the same way they right. were. I totally validate why she would feel bad about it. But like you said, I think the sister has her own life to live she's like there for her and other in it sounds like a lot of other small really meaningful ways constantly i would let it go if i were her and or like like if she really wants like what is she gonna do about it at this point yeah i mean i get it i wish that the sister would have been more honest like i think the problem is that they haven't been able to have a real conversation with the sister especially now almost a decade later for the older sister to be able to say, you know what? You're right. I just wanted to do my thing. I was tired of feeling like I had to be the parental figure that picked up all the pieces all the time when all these adults were like, you know, drinking and going crazy and not being there for you. And I just wanted to escape to Greece with my boyfriend. And I didn't want to have to pretend that I was a parent. Um, so I think it was kind of, she probably reached a point a breaking point and just because it would have been easy enough to say, Hey, boyfriend, this weekend's my sister's high school graduation. Can we do it the weekend before the weekend after literally any other weekend besides this weekend? So I could see why she feels kind of like it was a, you know, it was like a gut punch to kind of not give it any weight and not make any effort to change it. And I do think there was probably, and I don't know how, emotionally aware this older sister is, but I think if she could look back, there was probably some subconscious rebellion here happening of just like, I'm not going to be this person anymore. I'm starting my new life. I've met my husband. I'm going to start a new life with this person and I'm not going to be the, you know, pseudo matriarch of this family anymore. And especially maybe with the like sort of 
symbolic nature of like, okay, she's graduating. She's an adult now. Right. I could definitely see that. I think it would be great if the sister could like own it, especially because it's so long ago and just be like, yeah, I'm really, I think it would take, I'm really sorry that that hurt you. I feel terrible that you're thinking about this nine years later. This is where I was at at that point. It's almost like we spoke about a few weeks ago, the idea of like forgiving your former self and not having to defend so fiercely yourself from nine years ago. And if the sister could just say, yeah, I was, you know, what is it? I was in a selfish phase. It's not like from, (laughs) I was going through a selfish phase. I guess it's selfish in that way. I guess I don't know how hard it was to, would be to change the dates, but. I don't know if you ever said to me ever, and maybe it's just because you're not needy like this, but if you ever said to me, I'm having this thing, I'm really sad that you're not going to be there. It would mean so much to me if you could come to this aunt so-and-so and and grandma and grandpa and whoever and this person are not going to be there. I'd really appreciate if you could come. Like I would definitely come. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I guess if I said that, I don't even remember if all of our siblings were at my high school graduation. You wouldn't care. But I, and this is why I think this is an issue because I think the sister resented her neediness perhaps and was like mm-hmm. rebelling against it. Like, I think right now you're kind of saying like you wouldn't necessarily need to be there or you wouldn't care. And maybe that's also kind of like a way of being like, I don't, this isn't my job. This isn't my like responsibility. And I think that's right. how the sister ended up feeling at some point. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And I mean, it's yeah, it sounds like there's, like you said, something around that time period that, it would be good for them to flesh out. Right. I don't think this is something you can't come back from. It sounds like she's been thinking about it for a really long time. But Yes. And she says she's embarrassed to bring it up again. And I get that because it's kind of like, oh my gosh, you're still thinking about Let your high school go. graduation. Right. Let it go. <laughs> I mean, maybe she'll, th- I would think that. I wouldn't say that if I were the sister. Right. <laughs> I, I get it. There would be my initial <laughs> instinct, I think. I think if someone brought, if you had a fight with someone nine years ago and they brought it up, now, I think your initial gut thought might be, this is probably better. This is one where I would actually suggest maybe better to text it hmm. because it let, lets the person sort of like think about it and internalize it. Because my initial reaction if someone brought something up in person or on the phone might be like, really? Right. <laughs> right. Which wouldn't feel great. Right. Although I just, I think the way this sister has responded in the past, I don't know if text is going to be great. I think she has to, it's worth a try, but the only way that she's going to feel really better about this without just like do with the involvement of her sister is if her sister's like, you know what, let me tell you where my head was at, at that time. Right. And is honest about how she was feeling and what she was going through. And if not, if she gets defensive and, just as like, are you seriously still talking about this? Like, that's not going to feel great. Well, I think she would do that if she just comes out with it. Like, I want to talk about the graduation. Right. So she comes out with like, like exactly how she said it to us. I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, mm-hmm. but I still think about that. Yes. And it's still something, I don't know why. It's still something that kind of like hurts my feelings whenever I think about it. I'd love to put it to bed. Can we talk about it? Beautiful. Love yeah. that. Yeah. That's great because you're still thinking about it. It's your sister. The worst thing that happens is she continues her defensive line of like, well, it was cheaper at that time. And so that was 
the most convenient time for us to go. And she doesn't kind of own up to, and maybe she's not aware of any subconscious motives, but I'm pretty sure she was probably like, I'm done being the mother here. I'm going to Greece. I'm not responsible for you and all these crazy people. I'm out. And if she could admit that, I think this listener would probably feel a little better about it, just knowing that she's kind of acknowledged it. But other than that, there's obviously nothing she can do about it. And if she's being a good sister to you now and being there for you and supportive, then it really doesn't matter. But maybe there's still more to it. Otherwise, she might be like, okay, that was just what she, or you could just assume that that's what was happening and move on Mm -hmm. as a result. It's an interesting bar for closeness, though, is the high school graduation attendance. Yeah. I'm trying to think, what would I go to? What would I not? Yeah. Well, you know what? I think sometimes Mm -hmm. in high school at that age, it can be like a little embarrassing. Like I was just talking to someone who was saying like, um, there's so, you know, so-and-so has so many people going to their graduation and I only have so many people coming to my graduation. Like I think it sort of feels embarrassing if it's like, you're the kid that just says like, you know, you're mom and dad and everybody else is taking pictures with like seven or eight big family members. And it feels like a whole big special thing or, and kids are sensitive at that age Mm -hmm. too. No, that makes sense. And maybe the sister was also a nice buffer if her other family members were like a little crazy. She wanted one normal person there to lean on. I could see that. I'm not like, I don't, I'm not saying she shouldn't feel bad about it. I'm just saying I would go to Greece. No, um, (laughs) I might not. If if someone, if she said that to me, it would really mean a lot to me. Yeah. I could see why she's upset. I think she's holding on to it for maybe she feels like since then the sister has taken a turn away from being that like maybe it's not just about that graduation, but that graduation was like a marker of her sister's disengaging in being her surrogate parent. That's very very possible. Starting her own family. So maybe it was more of like, this wasn't this occasion, but this occasion is like, has changed the tone. What if I was graduating from a, for a doctorate or a master's degree and you had a trip to Greece? No, I probably wouldn't go. But if you came to me and said, like, this is really important to me, I've worked really hard on this. Like I would definitely, if I, right. if any of my family members came to me and said this and is said about anything, right. It's more about them I, coming. Unless to if it. I thought it was like manipulative, which I wouldn't, you know, okay. <laughs> could happen. If I felt right. like it was genuine, then I would, I would do it. If it was n- really no, I don't know, whatever it is, an extra hundred dollars, a ticket on a plane. I don't know what the, Price dip. I right. mean, maybe it really was like a five thousand dollar difference in price on the trip. I have no. Let's idea. say it was five thousand dollar difference in the price. Yeah, then don't go. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean that's, that's what I'm saying. Like maybe it deal. was just right. like a huge thing, and she was like, "I'll take you to dinner when I get back." Yeah, look, I think <laughs> if if that's a huge, you know, if that's really what it boils down to, I have a feeling that it wasn't just based on the history and. But it could have been just as simple as, yeah, it's really like a huge amount of more money for me to go. But I couldn't imagine that they couldn't find a single other time that wouldn't have been reasonably priced. But I guess it's possible. Let us know how this goes. Yeah, for sure. If you're like me and your CD organizer was filled with, now that's what I call, discs that your dad literally burned for you, you're a millennial. 
And if you're a millennial, it's time to add Clarins Multi-Active Cream to your daily routine. I have been using the Multi-Active Cream for a few weeks now, and I can already tell the difference. This cream does it all. It makes my fine lines and my pores look smaller, and my skin actually feels hydrated, which is really important for these like in-between seasons. I actually love all of their products. I'm a huge Clarins fan. I've been using them for years. You've been adulting a while, so the daily stress of trying to keep your life together can cause stress aging. Yeah, it's a thing. The good news, Europe's number one skincare line has a solution you can trust. Rooted in nature and innovated with science, Clarins has a long legacy of creating industry-first, plant-forward products. Using a skin charger complex made of 2% niacinamide and C. holly bio-extract, Clarins Multi-Active Cream has been clinically proven to target the first visible signs of aging by smoothing lines and wrinkles, refining pores, evening tone and texture, and strengthening the skin's moisture barrier. While Multi-Active Cream can bring back the golden age of boy bands, it can de-stress your skin. Go to Clarins.com slash oversharing and get multi-active day and night cream for 10% off a free welcome gift plus free shipping on your first order. That's C-L-A-R-I-N-S dot com slash oversharing with promo code oversharing. Clarence.com slash oversharing with promo code oversharing. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone. If only you had a Discover card. With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's do some intentions. Do you want to read them? Yeah, I'll read this. Hi, ladies. I would love help sending some intentions. My roommate and I have been friends for the past two years or so, and she moved in with me about four months ago. We click in a lot of ways, and I always look forward to coming home to her. She's a breath of fresh air, especially since my last roomie and I barely had a relationship at all. Recently, she started seeing a guy. I think they're just, quote, talking now and not yet official. Despite this, I find myself in a panic and slight spiral every time she mentions going out with him or talks about him. Because of her religious beliefs, her and her friends tend to be what I call marriage forward, meaning they see marriage, kids, and settling down straight out of college as a major milestone and goal. My roommate has expressed that she seems to feel behind or at least feel bad that she hasn't had a steady relationship in the last few years. So now I'm fearful that her feeling behind coupled with a guy who seems to check her boxes off very well will mean that I'm at risk for losing my friend as a roommate. I know that this is selfish. I hate feeling this way. I want to be so happy and supportive of them no matter what ends up happening. I also know it seems wild because they've just started dating, but you never know. So I would love some intentions to tell myself when I feel fearful of losing her. I want to be there for her, even though I love living with her and don't want that to change anytime soon. Thank you. I like this one because I think a lot of people feel this, but they don't, they feel like they can't admit it. Totally. Even if you're not a roommate, just kind of like if you're two single best friends and somebody gets a boyfriend. Oh my God. Our nanny, when I was a kid, when she would get a boyfriend, I would like freak out. Oh, I was like so <laughs> upset. And when she talked about it, I would like start crying. I remember being like devastated. I just like didn't want her to leave. Oh, like you knew at the time, like you thought, okay, if she gets a boyfriend, she might get married. If she gets married, she might leave. I think I, I guess I must have put that together because it was like very upsetting to me. Right. Have other priorities, start her own family kind of thing. Yeah. Which is funny now that I think about it. But even as a, with a roommate, I think I agree. Like having if you're two single 
roommates and one of them starts like seeing someone, I think there's like a little feeling of maybe a jealousy and then a fear of like, oh my God, it uh, it's just going to be me. Yes. I hear this all the time because it's the roommates also privy to like the entire relationship and how it's unfolding and the pace of unfolding. And every time they're not home or they sleep out, you're kind of like now home alone. Right. Or if the boyfriend's there, you get to see how they're interacting, how often they're on the phone. Like you're, you're seeing the entire thing and like have your finger on the pulse of the pace of this relationship. How many days a week are they spending together? So I do think that this is a a sign to listen to if she's so anxious about it, that might clue her in into like how invested she is in this relationship with the roommate is one part of it. Right. To like, I think slow her role a little bit. Like she's too dependent. Right. I think sometimes if you have like that kind of like, kind of like me with the nanny, like you're a little too dependent on someone. If there's like, if, if them, having another person in their life like freaks you out. Very true. Bit. Yeah, that is true. And it's hard because like, I think she had a bad roommate situation and now she has a good roommate situation and probably feels very thankful for that. But you're also kind of ruining it by hyper-focusing on this boyfriend situation where right now you have a great roommate. You look forward to coming home to her right now. That's all great. But I do agree that another added piece to it might be like, I need to make sure that I'm fostering other friendships, that I'm paying attention to other people, that I'm finding hobbies and filling time. So in this period where they're dating, and maybe there's nights where she's not home or she's spending the day with him, those are your times where you can you know, really start to lean into something separate. I think that's great advice. But not to say, I mean one of the parts of the intention that I wrote for her was just helping her appreciate what she has while she has it and not spending the whole time being jealous or fearful of losing it. Cause right now it sounds pretty great. You guys got along. I mean, roommates are hard. It's hard to a lot of times be roommates with your friends. Cause there are these little, well, you said we were going to go out, but now you're going out with him or, you know, now I'm all alone and, you know, Right now, she's still there, at least the majority of the time, it sounds like. so. Yeah, and I do think it's hard. I think we've talked about this with other stuff. It's hard to be like so happy for someone when you kind of like want the... And I should say, she's not really saying it's because she wants the same yes. thing, but I feel like there's probably something in there that's like a little bit jealous and she wants the same thing. Maybe, although again, she doesn't say that. And if that's not the case, that's like a strength for her to kind of be like, right. I'm not... It's not even that I want a boyfriend. I just want, you know, I just don't want you to move out. Right. But I want things to stay the same. I want things to, things to stay the same. And like, you know, spoiler alert, they're not. At some point she's going to move out. Right. Whether it's a year or from it gets now weird. or two. <laughs> <laughs> a year from now or two years from now, this is going to end at some point And you're going to have to shift and move and the only thing you can do is kind of appreciate what you have now. And this is for literally everything in life. Nothing's going to ever stay the same. So whether it's like, oh, I, you know, I hope that we, that I keep this job. I love my job. I'm afraid of losing my job. It's like, well, you have it now. So 
show up every day, be appreciative of that you have this job that you love enough to be afraid to lose it. So the intention that I wrote, which I think is something that people can use for anything and something just for her to keep in mind, is anything I love enough to fear to lose deserves my grateful rather than fearful presence. Love that. People are afraid. I get people that are afraid when their husband travels for work. Like, and the whole time they're away, they're like panicked and calling and stressing and asking a million questions. And then when they come home, they're worrying about when they're going to leave again. And it's sort of like, then you're just not really even present with this thing that you are so, so filled with love over, but you're missing it because you're so, you know, it turns to fear. I like that intention. Yeah. Good for anything that you're afraid to lose. Yeah. And it's so tempting to be like this. It's the same way we're like seeking all the time. Like I want more. I want the next thing. We're also Mm -hmm. like clinging. So it's very hard to break out of this trance of seeking and clinging and seeking and clinging. And just kind of right now I have this thing. I'm going to fill it with gratitude and mindful presence and accept that it's going to go away at some point. It all right. is. Well, that's meditation, I guess, right? Yeah. You can lean into that and like being in the present. Very difficult practice, but. Yeah, and just catching your mind as you meditate, what you're doing is you're catching your mind seeking and clinging, seeking. I want something different, but I want to keep the stuff I have that I like, but I also want the next thing. And that's where we spend way too much of our time if we can just kind of accept what is right now, but like also accept that it's not going to be here forever and breathe and that's okay. And, you know, kind of sink into our resilience that I will be okay. You will be okay when she leaves. You're going to be okay. Just, you know, pray for a breakup. I'm just kidding. Um. (laughs) And that, so that's the thing that I'm, I'm happy just before we wrap up this email, because I'm glad you said that. I'm glad that she's self-aware enough to realize what's happening here because what you don't want to happen is have this like slow seepage of like resentment. Mm -hmm. Then you start like trashing the boyfriend or making comments about like things you don't like about him or like silently sabotaging the relationship. And that's the worst thing because that just turns you into not a good friend. It's going to break you guys apart. It's going to disconnect you. So I'm glad you're aware that you're having these feelings so you can keep them in check. So you're not like hating on her and her relationship. And I see this all the time where it's like, yeah, just turns into this bitterness, which is the worst. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, I think it's a very tough thing to be like ridiculously supportive of something again, that you're not, doesn't necessarily seem like it's in your best interest, but if you can figure that out, like that will create a really long lasting friendship. Totally. And it's going to happen. Like you're going to have moments where she's like tells you that she's, you know, hanging out with the boyfriend that night or whatever. And you're going to just be home alone. And you're sort of like going to have that moment of like, oh, this sucks. But just do nothing. Do nothing. Don't try to convince her. Don't try to make a comment. Don't watch that feeling in your body. Okay. I'm feeling jealous. I'm feeling irritated. I'm feeling scared. Whatever it is that you're feeling allow it and then move on once the feeling has passed through. I read something, a study, it was interesting. It said something like most emotions 
and I've talked about this on here before, but it was actually a scientific study talking about most emotions will move through the nervous system and the body in like a minute and a half. If it's just the emotion in the body and your nervous system, like handling an emotion, like almost if you, that's not bad, it's not bad. But what happens is we start ruminating right? and then it makes it take much longer. Like if you almost step out into the street and you almost get hit by a car, right. And you have that, like, I start sweating, like my heart's racing, you know, whatever that feeling is. And you just stand on the curb and breathe for a second that will pass probably way shorter, even than a minute and a half. If then you start thinking, oh my gosh, what if that happens again? What if I step out into the curb again? And I almost, and the next time I do get hit by a car, now you're taking that 30 seconds that it took for your body to recover. And now you're stretching it out and it could take you like all day to recover. Well, how do you not stretch it out? You have to consciously turn away from your mind and your thoughts and just let it be, let your body handle it. Cause it is, it's happening in your body. Like feel your feelings. Yes. Turn it in. Where do I feel this? I feel in my chest. I feel tightness. I feel like I'm sweating under my armpits. Like what is this physiological reaction? And just letting it be in your body and accepting it. Okay. This is normal. This is okay. It's normal that I'm jealous of my roommate or it's normal that I'm afraid. Maybe I don't even know if it's jealousy here, but like that I'm afraid of losing this relationship. That's okay. It's okay to feel this way. It's okay to be afraid. How do I know I'm afraid? But what we do is feel like it's not okay to be afraid. So then we start saying, well, it's because she was supposed to watch that movie with me, but then she watched it with him. So that's why she's bad. And that's why it's okay for me to feel this way because she did a wrong thing. Instead of saying like, I don't need to explain this. I just feel bad. I don't need to like create a story. And then I'm going to call my other friend and tell her the story about how we were supposed to watch that together, but she watched it with him instead. And now, you know, now you're like taking this thing layers of drama. Yes. Stretching it out. So the goal is to be that Zen. It really, I know it sounds hard and it is hard. I'm not taking away that it's hard. The pause is the most important part creating that pause to say like, how do I want to do this differently? And coming back to, you know, perhaps an intention that you have ready in your mind. Like this relationship is great. This roommate situation is great. This deserves my grateful presence rather than my fearful presence. But within that, allow the fear to move through your body. Cause that's, you can't, that's okay. So just let it live but don't do anything about it. Let us know if they get married. (laughs) (laughs) Keep us posted. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There's no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So it's no big deal if you lose a button, spill something, or you just need to take a break. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. 
Get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code OVERSHARING20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com, that's Newly with two U's, and enter the code OVERSHARING20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, Newly with two U's, with code OVERSHARING20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Let's do some triggers. I'll read the first one. Hi, Jordana and Naomi. I'm writing in because yesterday my husband and I had friends over and at two different points throughout the day, I was talking with our friend, let's call him Ben, and my husband. Ben had just started dating a woman that he really seemed to like that we have not yet met. He was talking about her and describing her saying she was 5'1", then looked at me and asked, how tall are you? I said, I'm 5'1". Ben then said, oh, she's 5'1", but like tiny, like 90 pounds. Like I could pick her up with one hand. I was like, oh, nice. And kept the conversation moving. Congratulations. <laughs> Later in the night, we found ourselves in the same conversation. He literally said the same thing, asking me how tall I was and going on about how tiny and petite and perfect this woman is. In the same breath, asking about my height and then talking about how she's the same height, but like tiny. It was just Ben, my husband and I in the conversation. And after Ben made these comments, my husband said, oh, that's perfect. Ben left our house as the night was over and I brought it up to my husband that I felt uncomfortable with the conversation and did not appreciate him not recognizing that or even shutting it down and contributing it to it the second time. I'm trying to not let my emotions get the best of me and understand our friend Ben had been drinking. And my husband explained that when he said, oh, that's perfect, he was just saying like, oh yeah, 5-1 is perfect. It's the next day and I still feel upset about this though. I want to be able to support and be excited for my friends when they meet someone they're excited about, but I felt like I was being compared to her which made me feel so uncomfortable and now sad. I'm happy with my body, but I'm also not stick thin. I have some great curves, but I have certainly at different times throughout my life wished I was skinnier. Should I be triggered by this or am I bringing my own issues into it? Knowing this is how my friend Ben looks and compares me to other women, how do I just move on with him? And when Ben starts to introduce this new woman to his friends, how do I keep this conversation out of my head and just focus on really meeting her and welcoming her to our group? Should I let go of how I felt somewhat betrayed by my husband for not being able to recognize and acknowledge how uncomfortable the conversation was making me? Thank you guys for listening to me. Love, compare me not. Yeah, this is triggering. I think just her husband's use of the word perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Was probably triggering. I could see that. And this, this email, I think a lot of women, for some reason, I guess media and whatever, feel like for men, it's like the thinner, the better. And I don't think that's the case, but this conversation makes it feel like that. Like, oh, she's tiny. And that's just like you, but but, tiny, but tiny. Right. Perfect. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's exactly the voice in her head, which makes this super triggering. I can see that, but I do think that like, that's not the case. I don't think most men want like super thin woman. Do they, they want a woman that is, you know, in shape and, and healthy and fit. I don't think it's like the smaller, the better, but this almost makes it feel like it's the smaller, right. the better. But I wish women realized that. I mean, I talk to men all the time that are just like, you know, also feel like there's 
such a thing as too thin or that they like a curvy woman or that they like someone, you know, totally. yeah. Yeah. So maybe his particular preference is, you know, someone who's teeny tiny. That's this person's particular preference that they want someone who's 90 pounds. Okay. That's this one person. Your husband obviously doesn't, or he wouldn't have picked you. Right. Yeah. I guess like what else would the husband have said in that moment? Like, yeah, it was, it was awkward conversation. Or, yeah. I could see why he was just like, yeah, that's great. Like, like yeah. What like, else? Is I don't he know. Like, what would say? he say? Like, my, well, my wife's perfect. Like that would sound weird too. Totally. I don't know. The friend put your husband in an awkward situation. I don't think he did anything wrong, but I think, and he was just probably trying to, you know, it's almost like if he said, oh, I went to, you right. know, Bora Bora and we had a, you know, a, a dinner at sunset on the, on the beach. He said, oh, that's perfect. Like, right. It's just, what like, else is he going to say? Uh, you know? Yeah. yeah, no, I totally, I agree. I don't think the husband did anything that wrong. And I think the guy like just doesn't, again, is just like excited, does, is not thinking about, it's not really like, it seems like, obviously it seems like he's directly comparing her to you. Cause he kind of, is because he said he's just like (laughs) um but i don't think that like that's in his mind because if i i I imagine if it was he wouldn't say it if he's your friend and otherwise like a normal person right totally yeah i don't think he was thinking about you at all and i think in his mind he for whatever reason i'm sure he has his own insecurities about whatever his stuff is that makes him in a mindset that like teeny tiny is ideal right for him for whatever reason if i were her i would have almost just made like a little joke about it the second time he said it right i'd been like all right ben i get it get it she's She's half my size right adorable (laughs) (laughs) and like i wouldn't say like an aggressive way i would just be like all right like yeah yes very like me but then right thank you (laughs) (laughs) yeah totally i agree i think i get why you're triggered and I think with your husband, you might be able to just share with him that you were triggered, but not in like a you did something wrong kind of way. Because I don't think he was put in an awkward position. Right. What are you supposed to say? Way to go, man. Great job. Like, th- what is he supposed to yeah. say? So, I think it's more awkward for the friend who probably the next day when he was sober realized he was like probably going on about this thing that no one else cared about. No one cared about right. it. Especially if no one has met her. And right. Like- so I think you could mention it to your husband in just like a way that you're sharing with him, but not in a way of like, you know, you betrayed me by saying that I get the triggered, yeah. but he didn't betray you. I think he was just trying to get out of sort of an awkward conversation. I agree. And I think it would almost be like more embarrassing for him to like, if I think if he was like almost like defending his wife, I think it would almost be like more embarrassing for her. Yeah. Like now this is like a big conversation about whose girlfriend's yeah. hotter or something. Right. Like if I were ridiculous. if I were in the reverse situation, I had a female friend that was talking about a guy she was seeing and who's like so built or whatever, I would just I think I would just like change the subject. I wouldn't make it like a right like about a reflection on my own husband. Yeah, when you say <laughs> it that way, it just it, it is true. It just makes it sound like so obnoxious and ridiculous. So yeah. He was being, he was making everyone uncomfortable with this conversation, like describing the body shape of his new girlfriend, like twice and, you right. know, triggering, agree. I don't think your husband did anything wrong. I don't think he was trying to hurt your feelings. He was probably just like trying to get out of this conversation. I'd um, give it a five, I think. 
Maybe a six. I'll, I'll I don't bump know. it up to a six because her husband did say, oh, that's perfect, which would annoy okay. me. But he did say it, but I don't think that he meant that. Like that, oh, you know, I bet his girl, his new girlfriend is like perfect, more yeah. perfect than you. I don't think he meant it, but I could see how it feels that way. Agree. I think he meant, oh, gr- like great. Right. <laughs> Good for you. Way you know, like if someone's telling you about their new car and they tell you like a feature on the car that you don't really care about, you're right. like, oh, like great, that's great. Yeah. Like I don't know. Totally. Or even I could see using the word perfect when someone's describing something awesome. You're like, oh man, that's perfect. Yeah. So all right. Well, don't start a war. Yeah. But that is annoying. <laughs> all right. Let's do another one. We have another voicemail. Oh, awesome. Let's play it. Hi, ladies. I love the pod. I'm also a UUP listener, Plug City. Um, So I have a trigger for you all. Um, My mom, she's a little bit catty and not very nice sometimes. So um, a couple days ago, we were at dinner and you were sitting outside because I had my dog with me. And we were by the table that was by the valet. And a guy in a Lamborghini pulls up to valet his car. And before he even got out of the car, my mom was like, I bet he lives in a $50,000 home and is driving that nice car. And I just kind of looked at her. I didn't really acknowledge the comment. And then a couple minutes later, he gets out of the car and she goes, I bet his whole yearly salary goes to that car. And I'm in therapy, so I was thinking to myself, okay, why is this triggering me so much? What is it about that comment is making me upset? And then I started thinking, what about that is making her upset and why is she getting triggered? So I just wanted to hear your thoughts. How triggered should I be? Thank you. I can relate. I do think that when people are just like shit talking like that, it makes me uncomfortable because... I'm sort of like, you're probably doing that to me behind my back. Yeah, no, I could agree. This one seems like, I almost, I feel like I think that more when it's people that we both know that they're talking about. Right, than a a total stranger. This one's like kind of a stranger. To me, this just speaks to her mom's like deep insecurity about like her own possessions or finances or something like that. Because it's, I don't know, I find it less offensive because it's a stranger. Like if someone were talking that way about like one of my friends or something that someone that I knew, I I could see why it'd be like annoying. It'd be like, this is about, but I would immediately think like, this is more about you. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. This is definitely not some, it's totally her like, issue. Cause it's triggering her mom. Clearly like seeing this guy pull up in the car yes. is triggered. It's like, she was right. She's like, it's triggering to me to hear her talk about it, but why is she so triggered? Yes. Yeah, she has her some insecurity about her financial situation or maybe just feels like, you know, hateful on someone who spends that much money. Whatever whatever her that's her mom's shit. Mm-hmm. I agree. And maybe it bothers her because she sort of is like, I wanna like you, mom. Right. <laughs> like Yeah. I don't want, I want you, you to be a better person. <laughs> right. I want you yeah. to be better than this. Like, why are you hating on this guy that just you know, this is how he's this is what he likes and this is what he bought. So I think that one is one factor could be that she's just like, even sometimes my kids will do that and it annoys me. Like mm-hmm. they'll go somewhere and even they'll if like, they're punching up. <laughs> what do you, what do you mean? Cause like this, the mom is punching up. Like this guy has a 
Ferrari or whatever it is. Like, so right. she probably feels like, oh, uh, I can like make fun of him. Like, right, right. You're not right. You're not making fun of someone that's like, yeah, you know, disabled. I'm not or like, something. oh, right, or like, oh, that guy in that like shitty car, like probably hasn't gotten a job, doesn't have like a whatever. Like, I don't know. It seems meaner when it's about someone not doing well. Totally. But I think, and I'm thinking about myself and like when my kids do this and it, bo- it, I think it's sort of like, it's that seeking to me, it like indicates the seeking thing. Like if mm-hmm. my kids go to someone's house, they always use the word bougie. They'd be like, oh, their house Ooh. was so bougie. Like spell it. Must be it. a new thing. We definitely <laughs> didn't use that word that when I was a kid. <laughs> spell it, Maddie. Yeah. <laughs> Which to them is like their their house is so like has so many nice things in it and is so like well put together and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm sort of like, we have enough. Like you don't need to be hating on that. And it's almost like they do think they say they, it. they're hating on it or they're saying it in like a, in like a like it's a really cool house. I don't know. Like. I can't tell. Sometimes it feels like it's a little bit. I don't think they're like super happy for the person. Like I don't get the vibe that they're like, oh, I'm so happy for them. Like their house is so bougie. <laughs> Like, I think it's a, there's like, feels like there's a little bit of jealousy behind it. So I think when that happens, I'm sort of like, we have plenty, we have enough, like, don't be seeking. So maybe with the mom, like almost when you're punching up, like you said, it feels like you're hating on something that you somehow want or wish you could have. And the idea that you're I think just hating on people in general is not a great quality. Like it doesn't, it's not a good look. It's not like comedy shows. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I agree to an extent. I think there's difference between like hating, like if if someone were going to like point out something like astute and fun, it's almost like it's okay if the joke is really funny. Well, that that's the thing, right? It's like if a lot of humor Like the mom might just be like, oh, I'm trying to make you laugh or like I'm trying to make a funny comment. And a lot of humor has a target and there's somebody whose expense it's at to to a certain extent. So people that are super serious and like the moral police of like don't hate on anybody and like they're probably not the funniest, you know? So it is, it's a tough line to walk. Line. I think there's a line of like, again, like would the I think the line is almost like if the person heard it would they laugh too? Right. Well, then oh. most of the time the answer would be no. I think. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but I think you could even push the line a little further. Like most jokes that people make, you know, like even at the spelling bee today, Jeff's like whispering things in my ear, like little comments, and I'm like, "Can you stop? Like, just be serious. Just right. sh- watch the, it, you know." It reminded me of mom where it's like, you know, there's a comment like every, you can't Constant. just sit quietly yeah. and watch the show. You have to like, well, be mom trying. will do that like during her kids' weddings. Like, <laughs> right. it's, it's like, it's like, I'm trying to watch the wedding. Yeah. It's your kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's like, sometimes it's like, I want to, I want to enjoy something earnestly or I don't right. want to be like that in that book. Bu- mode i think it's unrealistic to say like don't ever make a joke about anyone or yes. make like a comment about anyone yes and i do think like i do think the guy with the ferrari is not like the worst person if you have this itch to be like a little bitchy 
It's kind of like when you talk shit about like when you're watching Real Housewives, you're talking about like one of the women on the show. Like, you, well, those people are like paid to be talked about, like you said. But I think there's like a level of it that's okay. Yeah, I agree. I think if you do have that shit talking itch, this is probably a perfect place to let it out. This guy's not listening. He's pulling up in a Lamborghini. It's mm-hmm. a good opportunity to kind of spew a little bit of hate if that's something that's like <laughs> you're you, in that mood. If you're in that mood, it's not the worst place to do it. But um, you know, maybe she I could see if she's in a journey of healing and and warmth and, and love energy, she might not have been in the mood for that. I would probably rate this on the triggered scale low, like a three. I would rate it a three. It seems like a higher, higher for her mom. Just seeing seeing someone in the car. I mean, and that's it's sort of like an issue. If like seeing someone in it, having something nice triggers you, you've got like a lot bigger issues. Yes, that happens a lot. Totally. I'm sure there was something deeper. Maybe she dated a guy that had a car that was like a douchebag or what? You know, whatever it is. I'm sure there might yeah. be something under it. But I get it. Sometimes I feel like, and I think it's because I'm a parent trying to raise like a a child that's not always seeking more like jealous or whatever. But I get that idea of someone you love and care about and you want to see as a good person is just being like a hater feels kind of icky. Right. So I would just say to my mom, the mom, like your Ford focus is lovely. Mom. It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah. Have enough. (laughs) That would be, that would probably annoy her so much that she would probably stop. She'd that, find a different audience. That was, yes. And that's the other, we talked about this. When you want yeah. someone to stop being a gossip or whatever, you just have to not really give them the reinforcement and they'll find an, another audience. Exactly. All right. I think, yeah, I think we can give this like a two or a three. Yeah. But I can relate. So I will put that out there. I think we, uh, I think we helped some people and uh, that's our time. Great work today. Oversharing is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge morales Pico, and Rebecca sows McCown. Editing by Basilio Perez. Guest booking by Allie Friedlander. Send your advice emails to oversharing at Betches.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-363-6294. Thank you to our sponsor, Netflix. Bridgerton is back, bringing us another scandalous and sexy season. And dearest gentle readers, you will not want to miss this chapter. In season three, longtime friends Colin Bridgerton and Penelope Featherington find themselves in quite the precarious situation. The wallflower is ready to bloom, but she needs Colin's help to find a marriage match. Will these friends defy odds and expectations to find true love? And will Penelope's secret identity as famed gossip writer Lady Whistledown destroy any chance she may have at love? You shall have to watch and see. Watch part one of Bridgerton, only on Netflix May 16th. Betches.